welcome to the first ever podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Bohm. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. My guest this week is an old friend and one of my favorite people on earth, John Simmons. You might know John from singing in the band Balance and Composure, but what brought him here with us today is he just released a new EP under the name Creeks called The Pain You Took On, and it's very, very good. It's very good. And he performs for us at the end of this conversation. So you be sure to stick around because you get a you get a very special performance by Mr. John Simmons of a song called Stone Cold, which is actually the first track on that new EP. I have a very exciting announcement to make. The show has a brand new sponsor, Discovered Magazine. Are you familiar with Discovered? You should be. They are an international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything else that has a punk ethos. You can get a 10% discount off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER when you visit store.dscvrd.co. I really, really enjoy this magazine, and I'm very excited to be working with them. Um, I posted about this on social media, but there's very few outlets that truly cover punk and hardcore with a sort of care and precision that Discovered does. It doesn't feel like, you know, so, some of the other music magazines that cover all different sorts of genres, you know, sometimes you feel like maybe they're covering it because it feels like the cool thing in that second. But Discovered is truly dedicated to it. So if you haven't checked them out, please do so. They are very, very awesome. Now let's give a shout to Old Faithful, my favorite coffee company. Rootless Coffee is a small batch roaster out of Flint, Michigan, making high-end coffee with bags designed by some of the comic industry's rising stars. Collaborating with artists, bands, brands, nonprofits, wrestlers, comedians, and more, Rootless is the punk rock gateway to craft coffee. Easy to understand, and delicious roast options. Listeners can get 20% off using the code HARDTIMES at checkout when they visit rootlesscoffee.com. Any size, any grind, any time. Break free from boring. All right, and the last thing, I usually like to pitch the old Patreon. So uh, listeners to this episode, if, uh, if you're subscribed to the Patreon, you had the opportunity to ask John a couple questions and if you are subscribed, you can hear those answers now in a bonus episode. If you are intrigued by the idea of getting to ask upcoming guests a couple questions, head on over to the Patreon. Uh, subscribe at uh, the $7 level and you get that opportunity. But there's a $3 level that uh, gets you just access to what all the stuff I've been posting and bonus radio episodes, all sorts of fun stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. All right, here's my conversation with the lovely John Simmons. John Simmons, my friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me on this uh, post 4th of July Monday. It is an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. You're you're definitely someone that, you know, it's it was going to be inevitable for you to come on. And I'm already coming up on the on like my 50th episode, which is so crazy. That and, is amazing. And, and it was just hitting me. I was like, I was like, I, I'm, I'm looking for the reason for the excuse to get John on. And then you announced the CP. And I was like, OK, now now I'm going to wrangle him. I'm going to wrangle him in here. Thank you. I've been waiting patiently with bated breath to get on this. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated the bit of sarcasm in that. It, it felt no, slight. I have been. I've been listening. I like it a lot. I was in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago, and me and Eric were talking about how, like, you're perfect. This is like, oh. we're so grateful that you have this podcast. It's perfect oh. for you, and you're like really good at. Oh, that's very really sweet good at it. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. How was being home? You were home. It seemed like you were there for what two weeks or a week. Um, three. I was supposed to be there for two weeks. It was actually. A, crappy trip my mom mm. I, I landed and my mom texted me and like said I, she had to go to the hospital she's like you need to take me to the hospital as soon as you get here and I was like oh that's how this trip's gonna be so besides that it was, she she was like in, the, in and out of the hospital for like two weeks she's having pancreas 
issues, but um, she's uh-huh. doing better now. But okay. I stayed an extra week to like keep an eye on her and. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, all my, all my best, all my best. Well, thank you. She's doing okay right now, but uh, okay. it was just stressful. Yeah, for sure. And you have you a sister, sister, right? I have three, three older sisters. Three, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, three older sisters. So, so she's got family there. It's not like you're the the. Yeah. You're not like you're the one kid who's out in California who can't hang out with her while yeah, she's going it, through that. Exactly, but it was like good timing because. Um, I don't know. I was going to stay with her, and then my sisters all have kids and stuff. So I was just like, okay, I'll take care of this. And yeah, yeah. So I, I was just glad I could be there for her. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, is your? I mean, it's funny. This is one of those great uh, interviews to have because it's what, another one of the circumstances that's reoccurred a few times where it's like you and I obviously know each other pretty well. We've been friends for yes. ten-ish years, but 10 plus, it's still fun be. to. Ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still fun to do this because I still feel like there's a lot I don't know about you, like specifically. You know what I'm saying? Like the like the the, yeah. nitty, the nitty gritty of like your first experiences with stuff. So this is always extra enjoyable. Um, you're from Doylestown originally, or was there was there like outside of a suburb or or what? I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee originally. See right lived, there. Did, didn't know didn't that. Didn't know that. Didn't know yeah, that. Um, I lived there my first eight years of life and then uh, moved up to the suburbs of Philly, so Doylestown area, yeah. Oh, okay. What, uh, just family, uh, who who's from there originally, like mom and dad, or what was the, what was the situation there? Um, well, my parents moved, like, their whole lives, and um, my, we moved up to Pennsylvania for my dad's job, but my grandparents lived up near there, too, so we had family there. Have you, have you been, like, through touring, have you been back through Knoxville ever? We've never played Knoxville, but yeah. once we we had to stay there, and I was like, that was special for me. But but yeah, it was, yeah. It was, we never got to play Knoxville. Have you played Knoxville? I don't. I kind of don't think so. I feel like maybe a band pre Touche did because that strikes me as a place that that, that would, band would have played. Like the joke yeah. is always that we never would have played a Nashville or a Memphis, but we would have played like you know Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, do you think that if you like spent a day in Knoxville, that you would recognize any aspects of it? Yeah, I, 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 when I moved out to California, I took like, um, like a, the long way basically across America. So I went south down in North Carolina, then I went and I saw my old childhood house, saw some old family friends, and like I was like, this is also familiar. I knew where I was. It was weird. I knew like how to get to certain places. Still, wow. Maybe That's I'm just incredible. really good with direction. I don't know. <laughs> so, as you know, as someone who was who was growing up, uh, you know, did you? Well, I guess first, did you connect? Did you start connecting with music at a super young age, like while you were still in Knoxville? Yeah, um, since I can remember, uh, I mean, I grew up in like a Southern Baptist church. With it was a very musical church, and then. Um, I w- was allowed to buy CDs that were Christian, so um, I skateboarded at, as a so like five, and I saw MXPX's CD at the Christian bookstore. Yeah, and I heard it and I loved it. Yeah, I've just been connected with music like since I was very young. Okay, nice. It's wow. So you were you actually were like exposed to even like the early kind of punk stuff. Uh, like when you were that that young like the like between yeah, five and eight like, wow yeah like first grade kind of stuff damn damn so you were already like kind of cooler than every other kid in your class basically what i'm trying to say is i was the coolest <laughs> guy in school <laughs> uh, <laughs> listening to christian that, punk yeah did did you it's funny because i i know a lot of people um who did have that sort of thing where like they found punk through like the tooth and nails and the solid states and and things like that um so that's similar for you because i feel like you and luke our our mutual friend luke schwartz have that in common yeah that that, that is our we always that's our what we have in common for sure yeah but what, uh so aside from mxpx like what were some of the other bands that you found um in that world like that you you were into well i was also like really into the space jam soundtrack uh i liked will <laughs> smith i okay. like um I got a cassette of the single. Do you remember that song? I don't know who sings it anymore. It was like, that girl is poison. Belle Biv DeVoe. Yes. I got that at a garage sale at like five or six. And that was like one of my favorite things to listen to. And yeah. I would request 
uh, I would request songs on the radio on like the weekends and wait around for them to play it all the time. Like that song Black Street uh, by ba- by Black Street. No Diggity was my most requested song. <laughs> so I love yeah. that. In a way, this all makes perfect sense for who you ended up becoming because having having the MXPX in there and like you know some of the 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 like popier side of punk, and then also loving the Belle Biv DeVoe and and all that. Like this is a perfect perfect uh you know formula for what for what john simmons is yeah i guess you're right i had i had range back then i guess i just knew a good song when i heard it did you i mean you're someone who you've always i mean since i've known you you've always loved uh you know rap hip-hop and and r&b and all that sort of stuff like were you always kind of juggling those genres um throughout your life or did you have any sort of period where you were like specifically only into like punk or specifically only into that, like, poppy. stuff? I think stuff. I've, I've always been into it all. Um, I would, I, maybe I thought it wasn't cool to, like, rap when in my, my, like, early teens, like, for, like, a year, but it was always, yeah. like, a part of me, too. So, um, right. I just love it. I, I really have always loved it. Like, Jay-Z and Eminem I liked in, like, elementary school. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just always, like, stuck with it. Yeah, was that uh, was listening to like Eminem and and Jay Z something that you had to like hide from your parents because of the language oh, yeah. or anything? Okay, big time. I yeah. remember specifically we were going to a family party, and my parents were driving, and um, my name is came on the uh, radio, and I was like, oh, I yeah. love this song, but I'm young, like not knowing what half the lyrics mean, and I'm like, leave it on. They're like, okay, we'll leave it on, Jonathan, and uh, they're like. <laughs> mortified after the first verse like okay we're changing this so from that point on i was hiding my burn yeah i would have like my neighbor's sister burn me like all the bad cds i wasn't supposed to have yeah did you ever get caught oh yeah oh yeah 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 (laughs) i can't remember specifically with with what but i've been caught yeah 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 it was it's uh i feel like that's that's some of our like a lot of people's like first experiences of um trying to get away with something with your parents being like they don't want me to listen to this but i i have it hidden here or yeah and kids are, kids are really quietly and you're like, hmm. i feel like kids are so <laughs> bad at, at like hiding stuff too whereas like they think they're hiding in this really clever spot but every parent would know it's the first place to look too you know yeah oh yeah like under the mattress or something right totally exactly totally. <laughs> um but it I, makes you want to listen to it so much more when yeah, it's yeah absolutely absolutely um what was uh what at what point did you start playing was guitar your first instrument i have to assume yeah i um wanted to be in the church band when we moved up to pennsylvania because uh i went there and andy from balance his brother was the bassist in the church band and he had a mohawk Oh, boy. And I had never seen that like in a church setting before, so I was like, "This is cool. I want to be in the church band." So I started playing guitar to get in the church band, and then it actually turned into like other bands instead too. Yeah, for sure. What was your first guitar? Um, oh, it was a red Fender Squire that I decked out in stickers because all my heroes had stickers all over their guitars, and my mom wasn't thrilled about that, but. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I feel like that's the first thing almost everyone did. Was it? They're just <laughs> like, like I love Billy Joe Armstrong, so I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna completely cover this thing. And uh, yep. like you decorate something before you even know how to do a chord exactly because you just it's all about you just appearance to be able to... first. Yeah, dude. <laughs> looking at yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, holding that bad boy. Just being yeah, because like, oh, yeah. I used to like. I I remember being like really young and pr- practicing. I would like hold a baseball bat and pretend it was a guitar and like jam out in my room. And that's yeah. how I knew I wanted to play guitar. Can I, I'm going to divulge uh, uh, something I've never told anybody before. Oh, Cause I want to share, I, I want to share this with you, John, um, for a really long time. Like whenever I try on a new outfit, well into my like high school years, like mm-hmm. I would like air guitar in the outfit. <laughs> I think I still do that too. <laughs> You like walk away with like the, the the motion. You're like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, this will work. That's this'll really work. funny. It, I love that. 
it's like the first reaction to do is just be like, okay, I think this fits okay. I think this, I think the cut's okay. All right, but will it work like this? What? And then just will it work like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we have that in uh, common. Whew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet, you know what? I'll bet, I hope people listen to this pod, this podcast and they feel a little less alone, you know? like Oh, oh I'm that. sure there's others and they're going to relate to us. We're not alone. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure there's also kids who put on an outfit and then want to see if they look cool moshing in the mirror. Exactly. In that outfit. Yeah. I'll do a so. quick two-step. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> so I'm assuming your first time performing in front of people was in the church band, right? Yes. And what was, I mean, what was that experience? Because I, ha- I mean, I have to imagine that doing that versus like starting a band and then playing a show there, it's probably, a, it was probably different because with the church band, you're not, pl- you're not writing originals, right? There was no original yeah. praise songs, And you're not being right? like scrutinized by the, you know, you're not like, the, the, the attention is not really on you. The attention's on what people are doing, which is giving it up to the okay. Lord. But... <laughs> Basically, yeah. So they're not like paying attention to me if I screw up or something. They're just paying attention to the words on the screen and yeah. the moment. They're trying to connect to something. So let me let me ask you this about the church band. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to join and they're really, really, really like insistent on being in the church band, but they're not very good, does the church band say, Sorry, this ain't going to work out. Or do they just let them? Our church kind of let everyone have a... We'll, we'll give them a Sunday where they can jam. But I, I can imagine a lot of church bands take it way more seriously. And there's like a tough... It's a tough process to get in. Right. Yeah, I've, I've always I've always kind of wondered that. I, uh, I one time, I've only one time been to one of those like southern like mega churches, like big churches, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and... I was really, really taken back by how pro the band was. Cause that, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I went to an elementary, I went to a Christian elementary school and I had to go to church every Sunday and all that sort of stuff. Um, but we never had a band. It was like, uh, it was a Lutheran church. It was like as, as like unfun as you could possibly imagine a church service to be, you know? Um, so going to that and seeing and experiencing that, it made me realize like, I understand why, why the youth is way more involved in especially like the south or places where there are those big mega churches because it does actually feel like a celebration the way that they're hoping to whereas like yeah you know like what church for for me was like what the when when the simpsons go to church and it's just like they're bored and they're miserable and they can't wait to get home you know like that 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 was like the experience that i had so seeing it through those eyes and seeing it through like how how it must have been for for like getting to play in the band stuff like that like i could see why it was exciting exactly it made it not boring like because i was just like you until i found that and that just gave me experience yeah yeah yeah. in front of people and stuff so were you singing And, and playing guitar yeah Wow. And Andy, um, Andy Slaymaker, who's in balance as well, was in the church band with me. That's how we stayed friends throughout. Right. But we were the punk, we were the punk kids. We had the, our pants were sagging low. We always got in trouble for it. We didn't really dress appropriately. (laughs) So, so give me the, give me the scenario where you, you you know, you and, you and Andy Slaymaker here. You're packing up your, you're packing up your guitars after, after a real wild Sunday service where you just, you just mm-hmm. played some songs. And you look at each other and you say, we should start a band. Is that what happened? Uh, that, that didn't happen for a while. Um, I had another band during this time called The Hasbins. We were like a Christian punk band. That was like when I was 13 to like uh, 15. And oh, okay. um, we were playing the, like playing in locally like every weekend too. Um, so Christian punk band. Then I was in another band after that, another punk band. And then Andy and I decided around senior year, we should start a, like just a, a rock band, not punk, but just like a rock, kind of like Clarity, Jimmy Eat World inspired music. So when you, so when you say like the Hasbins, for example, when you say punk, are you talking like, was it more like pop punk, pop punk sort of stuff? Or was yeah, it like, it was like, like, it was like MXPX, street punk? It was okay. like MXPX ripoff or uh, Reliant K or something like that. Right, right. And the people that played in those bands, did they ever go on to do any other bands? Or are they, are they still musicians? Because I, well, I have a feeling it's kind of small-towny. Yeah, Matt Warner was the drummer of the Hasbins, who's who plays bass oh. and ba- balance. Yeah. I didn't know he played drums. 
Yeah, and then the band after that who did a split with Title Fight. I just still want to say the name yeah. of the band. It's embarrassing. I think you know what it is. Um, oh, the oh well, I mean, don't, I mean, Ned, Ned and I, <laughs> Ned and I discussed it. It's, I mean, it's going to have to come up because I'm sorry. You name your band that. It's, it's, it's. This is what happens. But uh, did the Hasbens record? Yeah, we had uh, two EPs. One with four songs. One with eight. Okay. Well, I wanted to and talk we, about your first recording experiences. Like what what that was like for you. Okay, so um, there's this kid in the in the punk scene in Doylestown that I really looked up to, and he took me under his wing, and kind of like would drive me to shows all the time. You know, you have that older friend who kind of introduces you to the whole thing. So yeah. um, he had a four-track like CD thing recorder, four tracks, and he recorded our band yeah. um, in his mom's basement, both EPs. Okay. And that was like my first introduction to recording, and I loved it. I loved it. It was so fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I owe it all like to Chris. Chris Betts. He was in that band, um, Salvation, who were the Easter Kids as well. Oh, right, right, right. I was, um, yeah. I wanted yeah. to ask about what, at what, I, I kind of forget because uh, obviously we, uh, there was that seven inch, the Easter Kids, which um, you yeah. had told me about, which blew my mind. What, um, when did, when is that, I forget, in the history of you? Is that pre balance? That was like end of the has-beens. Yeah, it was pre-balance. Um, I was like 15 or 16. Okay. And uh, I was like joined Easter Kids, which was like a hardcore, a really cool hardcore band in our area. Um, but I was only in it for like a couple shows. Because sure. I was like Christian. It was two singers and I was Christian and the lyrics were very atheist. Yeah. So I was like in this, I don't know, I just didn't know where I stood and I didn't feel right about it at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that, that was very short-lived, but it was, like, fun. It's totally. Cool. Was that the only time you ever played in, like, an aggressive band, like like a hardcore band? Yes, but um, the Erection Kids, we played every weekend, and we would always do, like, hardcore band covers or something like that. Covers? So, yeah, we would do, like, Metallica. We, like, went crazy. We did... Um, End of August by what? This day forward. This day, this day forward. Yeah, there's. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I fuck hard with that song. That yeah, song me is too. so good for people it's... who are enjoying this podcast. I will. I will allow you to pause it to go look up this day forwards. End of August. Fuck. It might not be on Spotify. Um. Because I remember. Be. I think I tried looking it up kind of recently, um, but it's on a record called The Transient Effects of Light on the Water, and it was put out on Eulogy Records. Track six, I want to say. I'm telling that you, right. I I love this. That's not, dude, how hard did yeah. you go playing that song live with Every, that end, people with that breakdown? Ballistic. People went ballistic. <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't make sense in our set, but we would do songs, because we would play with hardcore bands all the time, so we would do songs that yeah. everybody would like or go crazy for so was this day forward like like a like a real local hero band because being from southern california like i only knew of them because we had this band the band taken that would always tour with this day forward yeah that's how i knew Race all band. those guys exactly right yeah um, um didn't even know they were from our area at the time because we like missed that wave we were a little bit yeah. younger when they were around so i didn't even know that until the circo guys were like yeah um like, like we were in that band. Just being this day forward, I'm like, get the hell out of town, dude. Isn't wow, that that's yeah, that's all. I mean, that the, the um, that's how I ended up kind of knowing those guys because I knew Nick Beard because he was in Taken, and then Taken breaks up, this day forward breaks up, they start Circus Survive, and I was like, oh shit, it's like dudes from you know whatever. And I had met, I mainly knew um, uh, Vadim. Um, from this day forward, but I, I, I had met Brendan and Colin in, in passing, but, uh, but getting to know them then when we obviously all toured together was like such a joy. Um, but wow. Yeah, but, I love, I love that you guys covered that song. That's so sick. I wish I could yeah, see a we video would, of that. I know we did cover so many covers, Lifetime, Gorilla Biscuits, what we went crazy with it. I had, you know, I had, uh, I had Ned on, um, a couple, like a couple, well, a few weeks back at this point. And um, he was telling me a bit about the how 
you guys would trade shows, you know, like title fight would go out to Doylestown and then you guys would go out to, to Wilkes-Barre or whatever. And he was, and he was really saying how like thriving the Doylestown scene really was like they would come out there. Then like every show was like 200, 300 kids or something. Yeah. How, how did, uh, how did in your eyes, how did that scene build like that? Was it, do, do you take some responsibility for it or was there a scene that you sort of, um, grew into and, you know flourished in well what was really cool so like i was 13 i didn't know what a local scene was and then we were a christian band but and like all these hardcore bands we were playing with really really welcomed us and like sang along and would like mosh for us and we're like this is crazy so we just felt completely accepted and then from that on from then on like more and more people got into it and we started fly. We were just flyering for shows every weekend or every day after school, and just like shows were like our parties. They were just like it was like our community. So it was just thriving because it was just like so fun, and you didn't know what was gonna happen. Shows got out of hand. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't take responsibility, but I think um, everyone kind of did their part, and it was right. just like a, a really, really great scene to grow up in. And also, like, the Wilkes-Barre scene was kind of, like, just like ours, which we were surprised. So you drive two hours north, and there's kids just like us. And we right. kind of combined the scenes, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, when we all became friends, I, I just, for the longest time, had, was always just so mesmerized and blown away by what Pennsylvania was able to do. Like, just especially in those especially like you know 2009 to 2014 or something you know like it felt like there is something in the water in this state and we <laughs> are cool here and it made us feel so extra lonely in california because we were the only band from like our group of friends really from out here you know so like we we're so like not only are we um you know, the only one from Cal, but it's like, we're, we could not be further away from you, from all of you, you know, That's it's true. like from like one end of the, of the country to the other. So, um, as more and more bands just kept popping up out of Pennsylvania, it was just like, so crazy. I was like, what is in the water here? You got like Tiger Shaw, Tidal Fight, Balance, like, it's fucked. uh, but I mean, yeah, there was just, I mean, everywhere you look, it's just like, oh, there's another great band. Where are they from? Oh, they're from Pennsylvania. It's like, oh my God, couldn't, couldn't, yeah. couldn't keep a lid on it. It was a very fun way to grow up. So then you start balancing composure, and the first thing you put out is is that EP. And when I you did that pure. EP, yeah, I just want to be pure. So I saw that balance started in and like basically like the end of two thousand seven, right? Yes, exactly. How soon after the band forming did you write and record? I just want to be pure, like because I because I know it came out in two thousand eight. So it's like how quick did did that all come together? Pretty quickly, um, we did we did a show. We had a three song demo, so we played three originals and two covers at our first show. And then we were like, we need more songs. So I think like after like one or two shows, we recorded with um, Vince Ratty from Zoloft, the Rock and Roll Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was gonna um, ask because. I, when I tried to look that EP up online, there's there's minimal information on like you know. Uh, basically yeah like who recorded it or, or things like that so th that's interesting is that the same guy from Zoloft, Zoloft that uh anthony green always recorded stuff with yes he still yeah. mixes and he does a great mixing engineer and yeah he's uh he okay. still works with will pretty closely and oh okay cool yeah cool so but, was that was it one of the situations where like you all knew had you worked with that guy before yeah we recorded uh something with the erection kids there so i knew it, his stuff sounded good and uh, the reason you don't know about that EP is just because we just are embarrassed of the songs, not how it sounds or anything. Well, maybe I just sound like a little baby on it, and then, like I'm just self-conscious about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what, it's what demos are for, you know? It's like what first releases yeah. are for, you know? Like, I... If I would, if I ever come across or like when people want to talk to me about songs off of our, our demo that No Sleep put out, I'm just like pretty bad <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but you know if like if if it means something to somebody i'm ha cool you know like i'm glad you like You're it right. that's I, exactly. i'm happy you know it's 
those first releases are are important because it's you first starting to discover what you are you know how to do stuff you know yeah like, i mean at the time i loved it because it wasn't normally what i was doing it's very like um it was way more melodic than the other music i was making so right i was like impressed with ourselves i was like oh we can do this we can how how yeah. many days did it take you guys to do that were you in the studio for like a week a couple of days what was it probably like four or five days okay and then was that put out uh, was that self-released or was that or did a label put that out self-released yes self-released okay yeah, yeah because i know um uh is it flight plan? flight plan, flight plan? you are good yeah, at this yeah you're good well, at this i mean I, I, it's, I had just gone over this also with Ned, too, because I know Flight Plan for the handful of things that they had put out. But it's like I was a fan of pretty much, you know, everything from like the title fight stuff to like that band Memorial. Um, but so I was I was curious what uh, what if maybe Flight Plan had been involved in this. But no. So if you just self-release it, that makes sense. And this was also probably like tailing off the end of MySpace. So I'm sure it was like you probably just threw it yeah. up on MySpace and then sold CDs at the show. I th- yeah no I think he was involved and then he something something weird happened where we just released it ourselves like he was helping us get it like sure. printed and then there was like a fiasco and then, I don't even remember what it okay. was sure sure um, and then here's something that I don't think I know how did you and No Sleep start a relationship was that like a myspace message random thing because i remember yeah. when chris sent i i do remember when chris hansen sent me songs of yours uh that were on uh that were going to be coming out on only boundaries and i remember him sending that to me and being like yo this is a band i'm gonna work with and i'm i just was like really really stoked on it like this is fucking awesome um but cool. I was curious where that relationship started because obviously, like I guess, was only boundaries already recorded before he was going to put it out, or did he? Did you sign with him and then he was going to put it out? Like, what came first? I think we signed with him first, but it, it came through the internet. Um, I'm not sure if it was MySpace or or what. Or Probably email. was. Yeah. But yeah, we were only like emailing this guy, um, Chris, and then he sent us a contract and we signed it. At an Uno's Chicago Pizza Bar and Grill, we took ourselves out. <laughs> we read yeah. it over. Like this sounds good. Sign I was gonna, wait. Hold on. I was gonna say yeah. There's no way Chris Hansen went out to sh- went out and oh no, and no, no did no, the no, contract no. with you. Yeah no no okay no it was just us. <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, for for those listening, Chris Hansen doesn't leave his house. He's he's uh there's 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 been so many times where all of our bands are like in town. We're like, dude, Chris is Chris should come out, come out to the show. Yeah, it'd be fun. You should come. Hang. And you think and he's then, gonna come? He didn't come. He doesn't come. You think he's gonna come? He doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> elusive like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. So you you guys took yourselves out a, sl- a celebratory. We just got signed, baby. So, uh, yeah. Kind of kind of dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That okay, and who did you guys do that record with? I don't think I know that. Same person or Yeah, that we recorded that with Vince Ratty too. Um but okay. that's when Eric joined the band. So we got rid of our old guitarist. And, uh, okay. And then um Eric joined because he wanted to rock. And I had known him <laughs> known him for through Erection Kids. He was in that band too. Okay. So. Uh and you know, I, I know when we first talked about your first recording experiences, it was, uh, you know, like a four track situation. But now you're I, I'm assuming these uh, were like in like a, more so what would be considered like a recording studio, probably. Right. Or was it still yeah. kind of like a home setup? It was out of his garage. Um, and so we're like all packed in there like while we're recording. But um, it was more yeah. definitely like the equipment was way more professional. And we had someone telling us who was very, very experienced to uh yeah how, like to try that again try that again or what what do you like so so at this point um you've now recorded a few times do you i don't know if you not if you and i have ever talked about this but do you like the recording process or are you uh a bigger fan of performing live like like or the writing process like which which of those aspects do you connect with more playing live is my favorite thing on earth um, okay. it's like completely like therapy for me. So I really, really love it. And just like connecting with people is important for me. But, um, yeah, 
Yeah, recording is, I like it, but once it comes down to vocals, I get terrified. I think you might be able to agree. I yes. just, it's, you, you just get very, very in your head. And you're like, can I still sing? Uh, I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> right. And with you doing so much uh, solo stuff, uh, especially these last couple of years, do you enjoy it when you're just on your own, kind of like doing, like making demos and stuff like that? Like, is that a more freeing experience or like, how does that, how do those two kind of come together? Yeah, I like writing. I just demo my stuff. Um, but I always prefer to record with someone and sit there and be like, do that again. Because I, I just like to be instructed when recording. Like, this was a great take. This wasn't. Yeah. I, I benefit from that. But um, recording like demos in my room is extremely like therapeutic. And just being able to try things and let your freak out a little bit. Yeah. What, when Balance would record, did you prefer to have the whole band there when you were doing vocals or would you prefer to like just have it kind of be the producer i always wanted to be just the producer or like or <laughs> maybe have andy else some one of them in the room but all of them like listening to me do take after take after take is brutal it's stressful yeah. it's stressful no i understand i understand i completely get it i completely get it especially it's, it's either... like recording with william with recording with Will Yip, like, you are doing so many takes. Um, he it, makes you work. It, it, it's work. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, maybe just because I, I, uh, I, I need it. I need to sing better. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's take after take after take. It's like it's like a boot camp in a weird way. And uh, sure. there, there, there's, like, times like on, like, a yelling song, like, Notice Me. Um or something like I collapsed, like I'd like fall over after like recording, like I'm doing the yells so many different times in a row. I'm like, yeah, it like wore Damn. me down. Yeah. But I prefer that. I prefer that because it gets a better product. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I didn't know that about Will. I've only recorded with him just for that, that collab thing with self-defense. But it was like Patrick and I showed up so late and we were being such pieces of shit that i think he wanted us to leave so uh i, doubt it. <laughs> I mean I doubt i'm saying he would if he heard me say that he would scream at me and say that's not true but like we <laughs> we showed up like he had already done like 12 hours with like i think it was like with blacklisted or something like that and then we showed up after and we're like all right and he just thought we were gonna just run in and record these vocals and uh we hadn't written the lyrics yet and oh. <laughs> he was like been there you guys you still need to write the lyrics to this because the plan was that pat and i were going to write all the lyrics on the on a bus ride from from new york to to pennsylvania but we ended up just like gossiping the whole time <laughs> so yeah we showed up and we're like sorry will can you give us like 30 minutes we'll we'll, we'll get this thing out it was really it was really funny that um, is hilarious but uh but yeah he's he is what a what a charmer so i remember only boundaries coming out and then separation was uh like two years later and now you guys went to to brian mcturnan what was the decision there was it like oh he's done is first off is brian mcturnan actually in pennsylvania no he's in um maryland baltimore Mar oh okay true 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 um was the motivation to go to him because of bands like circa that had gone to him in the past circa bailey was a huge fan of circa survive at the time also like the movie life i love the movie life Oh, um, right. Yeah. I, oh, actually, yeah. Vinny Caruana for the movie Life had like a huge. Uh, I'm the Avalanche as well. He had like a huge yeah. part of us recording with him because I think he was told him Brian about us. He. Oh. Vinny really took us under his wing when we first started, um, with like getting us shows and like just supporting us in any way. So. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Uh, where? How did that connection form? Um, I, I was a humongous Movie Life fan growing up, and I'm the Avalanche. And they played uh, Siren Records, or, and um, my, my, my band at the time got to play with them a few times. And I, we just oh. became friends. So he was like my hero, too. So it was like we became f tight friends whenever he would come. We would hang out really hard. And uh, yeah. it's a really cool friendship. Like He even took me out for my 21st birthday in New York, which was like, wow. a, which was like a dream come true. It was really very cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Love that, he's Love such that a guy. Sweetheart. That's yeah. He's an angel. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta get him on here one of these days too. Yeah. Um, you should. 
So, uh, how, uh, I, I mean, you and I have talked in the past about recording with Brian McTernan, but, um, what was that? How did that feel for you to go in for like the first time to be like, okay, now we're going in with like a stranger, like someone who like doesn't, yeah. you know, like um, we didn't grow with this guy, like that kind of a thing. You just kind of go in there. You're like, I know this guy's done big records that we all love, you know, like were you, did you feel really intimidated or how did, how, how was that? Oh, uh, we you? were shaking in our boots, man. Um, <laughs> we really were. Um, we were very, very afraid. He liked our demos and everything, but we just didn't feel worthy, obviously. Like, they had a... You could sleep there. They had, like, had, like these cool lofts. It was, like, very fancy, very nice. Like, this is... We're 20 years old. Like, this is too much. Um, yeah. But it was a... A great learning experience. I, uh, it was tough. I remember, like, crying in the vocal booth. <laughs> like, just, like... <laughs> I don't know. I just wasn't, I, I don't know. I was very self-conscious and nervous and it was just yeah. a lot, but, uh, um, it was a really good learning experience. It was fun. And I think we needed, we needed to experience it. Did you, when you started hearing mixes of the record back though, did you feel proud of what you had done or were you oh, yeah. still like kind of in your head about it? No, once okay. we heard it back, we were like, holy shit. I've never heard anything okay. like sound this good. I remember Merrick, yeah. Merrick, who is Touche and Balance's booking agent, for everyone yeah. who doesn't know. He came to visit when we were recording Quake. I was doing the vocals for Quake. And he was like, that's a bop. Like, he, like, really liked it. And that, like, helped me. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, yeah, God, I guess I didn't put that together. So did Merrick start booking Balance after Only Boundaries? Like, around that time? Yeah, he got us... Right after Only Boundaries, we went on tour with Title Fight, Census Fail, and Bayside. I think that's when uh, he took us because Title Fight got that tour, and I think he got us too. God, that makes so that makes sense. Wow, it's funny to think you know. It's like it, again, it's like all of us again all grew at the exact same time, all through the same a lot of the same people. You know, yeah. whether it was th with Chris and No Sleep, or and obviously with Merrick who. Is still to this day, you know, works with most of us. Yeah. So it's wild. It's wild. It's uh, very wild. I remember Pianos Become the Teeth came to the studio when we were recording Separation. That's how we met them because he was meeting up with them to book them for the first time, too. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, so we then was the first, like, okay, well, you just said that you guys did a tour with like Census Fail. Was that, was that the first, like, you know, like big package tour that you had ever done. Yeah, we had never left. Like we never been to the West Coast, and we only had an EP out in a split yeah. with Tiger Shaw. So um, that was like it. I dropped out of school, and that was it. I'm like, I'm touring now. So yeah, because we did like MySpace I tours down the East Coast a bunch that we booked ourselves, but. The uh, just just because again I don't I don't know about the, who who recorded the uh, who recorded your side of the the Tiger Shaw split same guy Zach v Vince Ratty oh Vince why did I say Zach yeah, uh, yeah Vin Vince Ratty yeah. okay yeah. those songs fuck I was I always kind of forget about that split and then when I revisit it I'm like Jesus Christ it's like lightning in a bottle from both of your bands at like just oh, such thanks. a cool time you it know was, it was an ex exciting time and we worshipped. And still do Tiger Shaw, so we were like, yeah, sure, it was a yeah, fun, fun opportunity. Were they another band like Title Fight that you had known for for around that same amount of time? Yeah, we met them a little bit after Title Fight, um, sure. like maybe a year or two. But like, we okay. played Brianna's call. She had a show for a graduation project, and we were booked on the show, and that's how like we became friends. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. That's so cool. Um, Okay. It's, well, so okay, yeah, because I, I, you know, one of the things I like to ask is like about first tours and stuff like that. So your first like time really like leaving Pennsylvania was it was it to do that that tour? Not leaving Pennsylvania because we had done MySpace tours, to, playing to no one basically. <laughs> MySpace, I love calling it just a MySpace tour. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let, let's just really quick. Let's just talk about the MySpace tour. How far did you go? Give me give me a quick give me some quick moments of that tour. Okay, we played. Um, was it like Alley Cats or something in uh, Virginia? Yeah. And Richmond. That sounds right. And um, it was a restaurant too. But we showed up. They didn't even know we were 
Like you, you. All right. So you email people and you say, "Can we play a show on this date?" And they say, "Yeah." And you bring whoever you're on tour with, and you go, and you hope people come. No one knows who you are. No, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. No one knows who the hell you are. You hope that the promoter's putting on some local, so maybe you'll get a chance to play to those local kids' exactly. people. Exactly. Yep. But they didn't even know there was a show there. They're like, okay, I guess you can play. No one's there. We're about to play. I grab, there's like a couple walking by on the street. I'm like, you're hungry, right? You got to come in and eat food and watch our band. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Did they and come they in? Watched, yep. They sat there and watched Hell the yeah. show. Very cool. Yep. But, uh, I pressured yeah. them into that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it would have would have played to nobody if uh, I didn't do that. How what what was the longest MySpace tour? I think like ten days. That's a significant that's a significant amount of time. And how far away from home did you go? Was it Virginia? I think we went to North Carolina, then made our way back back up north. Okay, okay. Talk to me about what you were driving. We were in Andy's parents suburban um which is like a big suv but we yeah. would sleep in parking lots in that thing like six of us oh. yeah it was nasty <laughs> but we didn't was know it, any better did you guys just all like uh rec- recline. yeah of course did you just all like recline your seats back yeah recliner or we like yeah. we laid out flat and found a way that four people could lay it was awful like it was you didn't really oh. sleep but we no. didn't know any better, and then we were just excited to be out yeah. in the world. Were you sleeping in, like, Walmart parking lots? Walmart parking lots, yeah. Sometimes people's houses, if we got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love that. Love that. I what, love that uh, stuff. Man, just truly, truly, truly. Uh, when did you guys get, like, your first... Did you guys Did you guys ever own, like, your own van? I think you did, right? Yeah. Um, we got our first one... Probably right before the Bayside tour, so okay. with how to fight and all them. So, how yeah. how long did that thing last you? That tour, I think. Basically, <laughs> we've been through we've been through a few vans in our day. Yeah, it's funny. That, I think that's what's floating around in the back of my mind. Like, I feel like you are one of the bands that maybe had not the best luck with vans. Is that is that fair to that say? That is an accurate statement. Yes. Any vans that were not uh, Ford. Uh, E360s? No, um, basically that's all we did. But we just had to oh, get okay. like the cheapest ones we could get. Um, sure. And they just weren't uh, street ready the way we were using <laughs> them, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you get stuck in situations where you're like, we need a tour, we need a van. Yeah, I guess we'll give you, you know, a couple thousand dollars for this van that has 463,000 miles. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> um so okay so now let's now let's move on to this so you you have this first big package tour um what do you do you have any takeaways from that first were you first of four on that or something or first of three? First of four yeah oh well that's how we learned everything you know we yeah. didn't know sure what load in was or, yeah you know um so that was just like our crash course in the touring and we just got to, got to see how it worked it was really educational were it's really educational. Yeah, exactly. And was the crew um, for the... He- was a headliner since his fail? It was a co-headliner, but... Uh, yeah, this guy, uh, Steve, was the tour manager for Bayside. For, oh, sorry, Bayside. So, were they, were, were they like, sweet to you? Like, kind of, like, showed you the ropes and were, like, kind? Or, or did you kind of feel, like, out of your element? They were amazing, actually. Like, the first day they gave us a meeting, they had a meeting with us. And they just kind of like broke wow. it down how it works, and um, yeah, which was very cool to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Then Anthony from Bayside took me out to lunch, like our second show, and like we just talked and stuff. So it, yeah, they were very very cool to us. Really like helped us out. I think Andy got kicked out of the Metro for underage drinking, and like since the show, we're very cool about it. And like I don't know. Uh, they could have been yeah. very mad at us, but um, sure, they were just very sweet to us. Everybody was. It was very cool, and it was like, yeah, it was just a a learning experience. Really, we we brought three people with us that we did need to bring. Like we were those assholes. Sure, you know what I mean. It's we uh we always our first one was with was with like it was us Thursday the fall of Troy 
and the deer hunter. We were first to four on that. And I remember uh, Clayton always brings up like, you know, it was like day one or something like that. And these guys, and they were like, all right, uh, as soon as you guys are done sound checking, just throw your deads over there. And we were like, deads. what the fuck are deads? <laughs> what the, what is, <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Like, you're like, like oh, you know, sure like, you're right you're just like I, I don't sir i don't sir i don't know what deads mean you know and yeah. for those listening it's it's when your uh, guitar cases no longer have guitars in them that's yeah. that's what a dead is that but that's like one of those terms you're like dude i don't fucking know what that means come on you know uh, yeah that's funny I like um that. yeah and then all and then yeah like so like those experiences where you feel like you're gonna get in trouble you know, like like yeah. obviously Andy getting kicked out of the show. It's like he's like, oh, are we gonna get kicked off the tour? What's gonna yeah, happen? Exactly. <laughs> oh man, um, it's so good. Uh, so, uh, you know, I feel I feel like I feel like I could I can ramble with you about memories and all this sort of stuff. Kind of kind of all day. I, I do want to you know throw it out there that I I still fondly look back on um, the tour we did with with Circa as like a top a top three like balance touche oh brother circuit was like it's one of the times of my life one one of the most fun tours if not the most fun tour i'd ever been a part of yeah like i couldn't believe how fun it was it was an amazing experience and like it's crazy how like we just we we got along so well right away when we started playing shows together Cause like you said, like we're so far, you're so far from Pennsylvania, but like we're like this, we're one in the same. Like we have the same, um, yeah, values and like I don't know. We just it was like an instant click. Yeah. So that was, that tour was like a I, family I, experience. It felt like. And uh, I was just thinking about it the other day. It's like I remember on the day off, uh, the our three bands, not Circa, they were they were out uh, doing something else, but like we all went and saw the Master. The I remember it very well. Movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I also remember that we spent entirely too much time, uh, like comedic, too much time, um, in the in the lobby. Well, who who was trying to win like the iPod or something like that? Do you remember this in like a yes. one of those like uh, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a grabber like one of those like you know, but it was like a weird like you had to cut you had to like cut a line yes. or something like that i'm sure the listeners know that what we're talking about i don't know what you call those it was like a vending machine for yeah. you had to win a ipod or something for like electro they were they were electronics but they were like not name brand electronics yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but whoever whoever i think it was in your band i don't remember if it was bailey or, or who it was, it was but bailey. someone was trying very hard yeah it was trying very hard to uh to to win this like fake ipod uh and i think it took i think he he had to have dumped about 25 dollars into that machine yeah i think so too <laughs> at minimum at minimum um okay so now uh so obviously you know we can we can go on to balance uh pro- probably we can talk balance probably forever um but uh after you know obviously uh balance splits up um you how soon after balance splitting up did you end up moving out to california was it like um, years? It wasn't was like an official breakup, but internally we knew yeah. um, uh-huh. something hit the fan, and then I was like out after like three months. I went, I moved to right. California for like three months, knowing the band was dead at the time. Sure, sure. So I guess something I don't know is um, you, the songs that were your first solo material. Were those songs that you were planning to be balance songs ever, or was that all fresh? That was all fresh. Um, I kind of went through like, okay, I I, um, I wouldn't say identity crisis, but I was I just got very self conscious of my voice, and I don't know. I kind of hated my own voice for a while after that. I don't know. Maybe like with the band breaking, I kind of felt like breaking up. I felt like just not happy with anything I was, I could do anymore. So I like really yeah. wanted to change, change stuff for a couple of releases and try new things. Like I've, uh, all right. So balance wouldn't allow me to do solo stuff. And I always wanted to. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of just really needed to do something completely different, get it out of my system kind of thing. And uh, yeah. just try new things. So I would like do right. a lot of vocal effects and, um, just like kind of disguising my voice and, um, yeah. And so, 
you would say so you would say you were you were doing a lot of that stuff like as a way to feel comfortable that's interesting to me because i feel like it was fitting in with a lot of the music you enjoy oh you know, for sure feel, it's definitely like music i yeah. love i've yeah, always yeah, yeah. wanted to, to try something like that so um when the band broke up i was like kind of went wild for a second and just did whatever i wanted to do i don't didn't really if people liked it or not really wasn't a concern I just wanted to sure. to do something completely different and like true to what I was into at the moment. Right. What was the what was the first was Creeks the name did, you um, used first for? I did a um, a full album with Wikiphase and we called ourselves Coward. That was like my first right. release after Balance broke up, and that was like yeah. all like fan submitted beats and we would like sing with auto tune over them, which was a really cool therapeutic thing to do i've never recorded music that way or uh it was just fun because it was just like fan yeah. speeds and like this is a canvas i have to work with and i, have to I didn't know that that was a thing so like people literally just sent in beats and you were like well we got to use it well yeah we there was a lot of beats i sent so we had to like pick the ones we liked and then just use that as a canvas for a song and make it work it was just very fun and i don't i would probably do another coward release it was just like it was a great time. Um, wow. Yeah. And then... Um, that's awesome. And then I decided to do a solo project that's me that's called Creeks. And then Creeks is right. basically... I have one EP out and then... And it's like um, its own thing. And, yeah. But it, basically Creeks is just whatever I want to release under my name. Under my name. So... Right, right. Yeah, and then you had then you did the Misery Club thing as well. Oh yeah, which was uh, like a, a then you, that was like a collaborative thing with you and three other yeah Fantasy Camp that? Fantasy Camp who's yeah. from Scranton, uh, Zubin who's from Philadelphia who is my roommate and one of my best friends and uh, Wikiface. Yeah. we uh, had like a little singing recording project that um, we've done two releases for, which was very fun as well. Awesome, awesome, and so now let's we can talk about the, the newest Creeks thing. Um, it's called. Uh, it's going to be called the pain you took on. By the time this airs, it will have already been out because yes. you had put up the first single um, called Bluffin, and now the the record will have been out at this point. Um, how? I mean, knowing you, hanging out with you here in Southern California, or whatever, it feels like you've been working on this thing for like kind of a long time. Is that fair yes. to say? Like, yeah. Um, talk to me about that process. Like, how? 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 If you were to put a timestamp, like I started kind of working on it here, and now it's finally out. Like, how long of a how long of a release rollout has it been for you? Since 2018, I've been writing songs under Creeks, and I've only released six. Um, so, with this release, "The Pain You Took On," this is a lot of songs. I'm writing an LP, and it's taking a long time, but at my own pace. I have like a, a band started. I've been jamming a little bit with Elliot. Um, He's been helping out with some yeah, dumb stuff. Yeah, we we only recently we only recently learned that, and it oh, really? completely it, we it, yeah. We, I mean, the joke always with Elliot is that he doesn't tell us shit, and that I we have to ask him for. Know. No, we it's no. I had no idea, and we always ask him to give us a newsletter, which is like the update of his life, you know, and uh, and. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing with John Simmons and uh, and Mike, uh, uh, fucking Mike, o- Mike O'Toole, and who else? J- Jason, Jason, Jason Klein, yeah, yeah, of of, uh, of Fender fame. Yes. Um, yeah, damn, I mean, I'm psyched. That's that's super awesome. I'm I'm glad. Just, that I just needed could... to jam with some yeah. people. To, to I'm trying yeah. to like form the songs, and I need like some opinions and stuff. So I love it." So I've been writing tons of songs like the past few years, and I have had a bunch that I felt wouldn't be good uh, full band or like they're they're uh, just guitar and me. So th- for this um, EP, the pain you took on, it's just acoustic um, songs that I didn't want to like not release because they're good songs, but they uh, they just didn't work in a full band setting that I wanted them to. So I just sure. needed, I wanted them to have some life. So I wanted to put this EP out and give people something. And also for myself, because it's been two years since I've released music and I was losing my mind. And last year was really hard. And uh, I finally got inspired to record at least this and uh, put this out. Yeah, well, it's it's great. It's I mean, I, I you know, 
it always feels funny when you're telling your friend, you know, like it, it's great because you're in the back of your mind, you might be like, are they saying that just because they're my friend? It's like, no, it's if, if John, if I did not know you, I would very much enjoy this, this enjoy this release. So congratulations on it for real. You're sweet to say that. Thank you so much. You're, um, you're a good man. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the final question uh, that I like to ask everybody. And then you uh, you had foolishly agreed to uh, to to perform for me. Only me, not the listeners. Only yes, me. Um, indeed. <laughs> uh, but I'm so excited about it. It's uh, I'm very excited to hear this uh, this performance. So, uh, but the last thing I like to ask everybody is, um, do you remember the first time where you felt like you were doing the thing that you had been working so hard towards? Yes. Um, one of my first concerts I went to um, in Philadelphia was the Electric Factory, and. That was like the pinnacle of what you could, like the biggest thing possibly in my mind that you could do is play a show there. It's like a 2000 cap room. Never in a million years where I thought that would happen. But I remember um, being backstage on the uh, Bayside Census Fail Tuttle Fight Tour. I'm 21 years old and we're about to play and like all of our friends are there. And I remember like before we were about to play, I was like, this is like what I've been working for like what's my next goal after this like so that felt crazy that we achieved that even though it wasn't our show but just being able to play on that stage yeah. was all i ever cared about in the whole world so um yeah that was and uh, how did and how did it go oh we crushed bro we crushed it <laughs> we had like no we but, had I like, mean, like when you walked out um, oh my, yeah. that was one of my favorite feelings of my entire life. Just walking out and hearing, we got a really good applause cause like it's a hometown show basically like, right. And, um, we had all of our friends come up. We had like the hipster drum set up like all over, you know, I'm talking about like the Obro drum set up yeah. and they all like that song. I can't do this alone. We started, we opened with that. We were all going pop, 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 pop on like a thousand drums. Oh, that's sick. It was, it was very cool. It was, uh, it was like something I look back on fondly and that's kind of when I knew I'm like this is like this is my shit I, I love this so how far into the tour was that was that the the beginning that was or the was last that the end? show of the tour I think it was the last show of the tour oh oh yeah. even more perfect you're you're like you I you know. know how to tour at that point like you know how to do sound checks you know how to do yeah like how to do all that stuff yeah it was it was beautiful what was, uh, out of curiosity, what was, what was one of those first, when you said it was like one of the first shows you ever went to was at the Electric Factory. Do you remember who you saw? Yeah. Um, it was a really rocking show. It was a Reliant K. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who I've seen like 16 times as a, t- as a young teen. Incredible. So, oh, I was a really big fan. Incredible. Well, look at that. Yeah. You, get, you got to be your own little Reliant K. Reliant J. That's who you got to be up there. <laughs> just, just rocking You're it. quick with it. That was beautiful. Um, that was all right. So, you, you know, when talking about uh, you, you, you being so kind to, uh, to perform um, from the EP, I, uh, I had requested you, you play a song. It's, uh, it's Stone Cold, right? Yeah, Stone Cold is the first song on the EP. Your dedicated song to Steve Austin, of course. Of, uh, and to Jeremy Bull of wrestling, of me. course. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Let's uh, let's hear it.
That's our episode. Thank you so much to John for coming on and talking and singing. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this and you're new here and you haven't subscribed, please do so. Do it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you are enjoying this. And uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review over on the Apple Podcast app, it really helps a lot. Okay. Have a good week. See you next time.